Hey everyone, and welcome back to The Shimmering Mouse. I'm so excited to have you back here for our regular Friday show. Um, today we've moved into a totally different Disney park. We're going to be in Hollywood Studios. Now, today we're going to cover Star Tours. Kind of the old version was called Star Tours. And the Disney description says, On your way to Endor, you are caught in the middle of a conflict between the New Republic and an Imperial Remnant. Thanks to Captain Rex, RX-24, along with R2-D2 and C-3PO, you escape. This ran from 12-15-89 to 9-7-2010. It's kind of interesting that they already are making a reference to the New Republic back when this ride opened in 1989, because the New Republic doesn't really make its premiere until episode, what, 7? So, because the New Republic takes over after the reign of Darth Vader and Palpatine. So it's kind of cool to see that it's been referenced this far back. And uh, hopefully it fits in with the continuity of the story up to this day. But it's kind of interesting that the plans for this story go so far back to uh, when I was just three years old. Um, the new attraction is called Star Tours The Adventures Continue. This still stars C-3PO and R2-D2. And it's uh, our attempts with them to return a spy to the Rebel Alliance. This version of the attraction opened on June 3, 2011. Unlike the original attraction, this revamp contains characters and locations from all of the episodic movies, including the most recent, The Rise of Skywalker. In the queue, you walk past a uh, little Ewok-infested forest, and you can kind of hear them kind of chattering and talking and humming and all of their little noises in there. And uh, through a futuristic airport-like environment, this is a pretty cool moment because you can see kind of uh, x-ray kind of silhouettes of different famous Star Wars characters going by. Like you see, obviously, a silhouette of R2-D2 go rolling by and stuff like that past one of the doors over in the queue. And there's actually a, uh, a little animatronic that's sitting there, you know, scanning all of the luggage and stuff. And he kind of interacts with you in the queue as you go. I was particularly grateful for this because when I rode this attraction last, our line actually stopped, like dead stopped, right in this area. So having kind of the comic relief of that animatronic kind of quipping with the with the people in the queue and cracking jokes and stuff, it was pretty cool. It was a pretty cool uh, animatronic, and it was kind of cool to listen to him kind of joke and stuff. It definitely made waiting in line a lot less obnoxious. This is also about the same room where you see the different silhouettes of characters go by the door. So that also kind of helped pass the time as, as a character would go by, you know, say, you know, do I know who that is? Do I know who that is? And I'm not like an expert Star Wars fan by any means. I've pretty much just seen the movies. I haven't really immersed myself into the expanded universe that much. I've also, you know, kind of up to date on the Mandalorian, which I absolutely love, but other than The Mandalorian, I haven't done any Star Wars stuff outside of the main movie series. So there were several characters that passed by the doors that I didn't know, but it was uh, pretty cool to see it and to be kind of happy that I was able to identify most of them. So um, let's see. Yeah, the, the animatronic that is uh, going through the different luggage contents too, not only does he interact with guests, but he also kind of... Uh, sometimes reveals the contents of different luggage packages and kind of makes fun of them too. So you definitely want to listen to what he's saying while you're in line, especially if you get stuck at this part. It's it's as close to an interactive queue as this particular attraction gets, and it's kind of fun 
just to have that interaction as a distraction while you're waiting and otherwise what is very much like an airport security checkpoint line. Then you receive your 3D glasses. C-3PO and R2-D2 kind of end up in the ride kind of by accident. <clears throat> they were helping work you through the security checkpoint and all of that kind of stuff as you went through and just some kind of somehow by error they kind of end up on the attraction and because of that they have to kind of help you get out of the situation you're in. Um, because each ride contains a random combination of four out of 18 possible story segments there are up to 384 different ways that your ride on the you know your story on the attraction could go. So that's why up until this point I've been a little vague about what happens when you're on the attraction. I don't give you a blow-by-blow blow like I do with the dinosaur attraction, and that's largely because there are 384 different ways that your story could be. So whatever summary I give you, it's almost certainly going to be wrong. But uh, the overall gist is you're helping this, this rebel spy escape. And that's really as specific as you can get, because that's kind of the one unifying theme throughout the other throughout the uh, 384 story plots. However, this does kind of take the opportunity to kind of dump you in the middle of different scenes of the actual Star Wars series. For example, when we wrote it recently, um, it put us right at the end of kind of episode one, The Phantom Menace, when you, Anakin is in that hangar bay with all of the different um, spaceships and he goes off and shoots down the, the master ship that controls all of the battle droids, we're kind of in that same hangar and we kind of just blast through it with our ship because C-3PO is about as competent as flying a ship as he is at, you know, well, anything else. And so apparently brakes are not something he's up to date on. But he's a pretty old robot, so who knows. The Disney Go description of this attraction reads, Make a jump to hyperspace and aboard a 3D space flight to legendary destinations from the Star Wars saga. I know. I feel like if they told you openly in this description that 3PO was the one doing the driving, you'd probably approach this attraction with a lot more caution. So I kind of uh, see why they made it an accident that he ends up being your driver for this. Because, like I said, he's dude. Dude's not really good at anything. Like he's he talks a great game. He's he's pretty sure that he's absolutely the best and most competent at everything, and he loves to talk down R2-D2, but let's be real, none of the Star Wars stuff would have worked out without R2-D2. It's crazy. Like, as I rewatch them now that I'm older, it's amazing how many times everything in the series would have just collapsed upon itself and been horrible if it weren't for R2-D2, the true hero of the Star Wars saga. You must be 40 inches or 102 centimeters or taller to ride this attraction. You must be able to transfer... From your wheelchair or ECV, there is captioning available. No service animals on this attraction. So I was a little surprised because usually for shows, they're not as strict about not having your service animal there. But I'm guessing because of the kind of motion simulator nature of this attraction and the fact that the floor is moving and stuff and how incredibly loud it is, for whatever reason, they've opted to keep your service animals out of this particular attraction. I guess that makes sense because, uh, like people, dogs are susceptible to motion sickness. So that may be one of their thoughts with keeping service animals out of this attraction. I know not all service animals are dogs, but let's be real, most of them are dogs. And so I know personally that dogs and cats, oh man, especially cats, tend to get some motion sickness going on, which is probably part of the reason why they're not 
accepted on this particular attraction. This one does come with the standard Disney health warning that I've given you for a lot of Disney's kind of more moving, jerking, twisting kind of attractions. You know, your standard watch out for high blood pressure, head, back, and neck injuries, motion sickness, expectant mothers asked not to ride. I think the greatest one of these warnings, to me at least, was the mention of motion sickness. I tend to travel with a party that includes several people that are prone to motion sickness. I am fortunately not among them. For me, it's got to be pretty drastic for me to get sick. I have a pretty high sick threshold, but not everybody I travel with does. Perhaps they have more sensitive inner ears than me. Years of working on telephone customer service may have killed my ears <laughs> and I don't feel things anymore. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you, people can only scream in your ear so much before your ears just give up. But for whatever reason, two or three of the people I travel with are, are pretty sensitive to motion sickness. And these motion simulators like this and like the former attraction Body Wars and stuff like that tends to really get to people who have issues with motion sickness. I don't know. If you got through Mission Space all right, you'll probably be all right here. I'm just going to go ahead and put that in. And you're like, Nikki, Mission Space is an emotion simulator. You're actually moving. Yes, but you're not moving in the same way as your screen makes you think you are. And so there can be some motion sickness issues on Mission Space. But that one's much more intense than Star Tours. So if, uh, if you made it through Mission Space, you should be okay on Star Tours. But either way, I know from the members of my party that get motion sick, this one is one of the biggest offenders. If you're somebody who gets motion sick on the teacups or... On roller coasters, I would just, you know, kind of, you know, wait this one out. I don't know. I mean, even the queue is pretty cool, though. Like, if you're a really hardcore Star Wars fan, like, way more hardcore than me, it might even be worth it just to go through the queue and then take the chicken exit out. But, um, yeah, definitely if you're susceptible to a lot of motion sickness, I would skip this one. This one can be, like most motion simulators, a pretty powerful sick maker. So yeah, just uh, opt out because once you get that motion sick thing going on, then you just don't feel right the rest of the day. And so you don't want to start a day when you're probably going to be hot and dehydrated, already feeling sick to your stomach because in this part, there's a lot of other stuff to look forward to and be excited about. And you do want to feel your best. So I understand. I mean, the Star Wars fan base tends to be incredibly devoted, but if your Disney obsession beats your Star Wars obsession as it does for me and you're one of those individuals who is sensitive to motion sickness, this might be one to skip out on. If you're like me and you can read in the car while you're hungry upside down, then <laughs> this might be just fine for you. These things really don't bother me at all. I love motion simulators, but the only reason why I bring it up is because I know a lot of people that this one bothers and it bothers badly. So really, I mean, you know your own threshold. If you're someone who gets car sick, this is probably not one for you. If you're someone who does okay and can ride the teacups for hours and feel fine and so on and so forth, go ahead and enjoy. This is a really fun attraction. And the fact that there are so many different ways that your individual story can play out only increases the rideability factor to me at least. And, uh, uh, to me, it's it's just so much fun. It's like a video game with an alternate ending, depending on how well you do. Then you'll play it over and over and over, trying to get the different endings. To me, this is kind of like that. You can get 
a completely different story as long as you are not somebody who has issues with that motion sickness. But again, with the heat and the sun, I would definitely not recommend it if you are somebody who's going to get sick because then you will feel sick all day long. I don't know, maybe if you're really, really hardcore Star Wars fan and somebody with like really sensitive inner ears, maybe you could just like ride this one last. <laughs> I don't know. Like if you've just absolutely so devoted to Star Wars and you've got to ride this attraction, just don't do it first because you're not going to feel good all day. And like I said, this park is amazing. I've, I've visited Hollywood Studios the least out of any of the Disney parks. And I think it's amazing. It's so immersive and so beautiful. And you really do feel like you're in another place in time. And you don't want to kind of miss the focus on that and kind of miss the moment because you don't feel so great. And I know how having an upset tummy can kind of take your mind and your imagination out of the moment. So I know I haven't given a big motion sickness claim on a lot of my <laughs> other uh, podcasts, really any of them. Um, but this, to me, I know is one of the biggest culprits of that particular offense. So if you're like me and you can handle it, handle it. If you can't, don't push yourself because it's not worth sacrificing the rest of your day in this incredible park. So I want to do kind of a new segment. I've been thinking about it for a while now, and a lot of you have asked me about recommendations for other Disney podcasts, for my sources and where I get my information and how you can keep up to date on similar things and and just kind of some other fun fan theory stuff and just some ideas of where you can turn to to kind of get a similar experience, but to get even more. So one of these places I want to point you out to is the Super Carlin Brothers YouTube channel. They are so much fun. It's these two brothers, and it started with them kind of making videos on Pixar theory and stuff like that and kind of sending it back and forth. Ben will make a video that's kind of like a video letter to Jay and then Jay will do the same back to Ben and it's really really fun. Often they're very good at predicting what's going to happen in Disney movies before the movie actually comes out just by breaking down the trailers and stuff. They have lots of cool fan theories too, stuff that's unconfirmed and their fan kind of following doesn't just stick to Disney. It also follows Pixar and Harry Potter and stuff like that. So it's really really cool. And they're just really fun, young, happy kind of guys. And it's just a pleasure to listen to them. So for my media of the week, I definitely recommend, if you like my channel, going and checking out the Super Carlin Brothers on YouTube. My movies of the week are going to be Pinocchio, Snow White, and Fantasia. So if you want to keep up with my Disney Plus experience, those are your movies for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and I can't wait to speak to you again next week about more Disneyness. Have a great week.